to Titillating Talks. And we're busting fitness myths. I'm Laura. I'm Hallie. And this is Titillating Talks. We're best friends and we're busting fitness myths. And sharing honestly. Welcome. Hi, Laura. Hi, Hallie. How's it going? It's going. I have a new mic and I'm really excited about it. <laughs> I can t- I can tell you're excited. I'm excited for you. You're going to sound so sexy. I hope so. I'm like, I feel very like NPR, you know, like if I... If I talk mm. at this tone, I hope that everybody appreciates this. <laughs> yeah, it's for your listening pleasure. Exactly, exactly. And there's not going to be any like pops and like sisses, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what I was trying to avoid. So I feel like I'm upgrading everybody's experience. By having right. My, my, I like it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's upgrading my experience for sure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I'm glad. <laughs> Just in time for the pleasure ex- episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yes, if you're listening to this um, as we're releasing it, it's releasing on Valentine's Day, February 14th. So we decided to make this episode all about dopamine, the pleasure molecule. So uh, we're going to get into that in a few moments. But just um, do you have any life updates for us, Laura, before we get into our topic for today? Like what's going on with you? Life updates. So dear. Um, I survived the great Arctic blast of 2023. (laughs) It was so cold. And um, my 40th birthday is coming up with a vengeance and that's happening. So that's my life event right now. I was just trying to wrap my head around what that means. That's yeah, that's exciting. Um, 40. 40. I don't know. You know, I feel like when you're younger, you have this like notion that 40 is really old, right? Right. Like, as you creep closer to it, you're like, oh, <laughs> that's the middle of your life if you're lucky, right? Like it's not actually old at all. Like true. You're, you're, it's kind of like you're like I'm peaking, like I'm peaking right now, you know? Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it feels the uh, it feels good. Like I feel like I'm in a really cool spot in life where I feel really content with most of the things that I'm doing and I don't know that everybody has like the privilege to say something like that and so you know bring it on let's see let's see what 40 brings me I feel like it can only give me more good things right knock on wood yeah I think 40 is going to be a great year for you you're an awesome person you're doing great things only awesome things are coming for you you know well, thank you you're welcome (laughs) I'm all blushing I know that like the internet or whoever the 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 web verse wherever people are listening to this they can't see me but I'm like knocking on my head to knock on wood and I'm blushing and there's a lot of things happening here <laughs> amazing uh, what's going on with you we just went up to big bear for a few days and um got to experience winter weather here in southern California up in the mountains so we were up in snow for a few days and now we're back in 70 degree weather so you know <laughs> Sorry for your Arctic blast. <laughs> yeah, it's like you had to travel for your cold weather. I didn't have to go anywhere, but we've kind of both are living the same experience because it's like 55 degrees now and I didn't have to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a mild winter spring in New York City. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird anyway. Yeah, but Archie's six months old now. He's like on the verge of crawling. It's very exciting. And 
yeah and i'm just doing good i guess you guess i guess i guess i am (laughs) no i'm doing good yeah okay good (laughs) fabulous that's what we want (laughs) and i feel like this topic today is pretty interesting because it kind of got a little more i or i dived into the science of it a little bit more than some of our other topics um if anyone out there wants a really good resource for science and especially like health and biology and fitness science, um, I would highly recommend listening to the Huberman Lab podcast. We'll uh, put a link in the show notes for today so you guys can find find it. It's an excellent podcast by Dr. Huberman, and he is a neuroscientist and also has a PhD in I feel like it's biomechanics or something like that. I could be getting it wrong. Sorry, (laughs) sorry. Um, He's got a lot of degrees and things and he teaches at Stanford. He's amazing. Um, So go listen to his podcast. And there's a whole episode on dopamine and motivation, which is what we're getting into today and how dopamine basically plays into your motivation and how you execute your goals. Yeah, I think the big takeaway that I had when I listened was you know, everybody thinks about dopamine as being, right, the reward, right? Like, that's like the, the thing that happens when you get the reward, or it's like your pleasure. You know, people think of like dopamine and sex and dopamine and drugs and dopamine and alcohol, right? They think of all these like pleasurable, like outcomes. Yeah, but they don't often think about it in terms of motivation. They don't often think about it in terms of craving, because that was like his big push, you know, mm-hmm. to try to explain that those are, those are really truly the things that dopamine is responsible for and on the other side of it it's also responsible for pain in some way right the craving is kind of more adjacent to pain um and the way that your body responds right is that you get the surge of dopamine for whatever it is right whether it's you were thirsty and you got some water or you you know were horny and you got some sex or you (laughs) you know like hit a really big milestone at work and got a promotion like you get these like surges of dopamine but then you immediately have a mirror uh reaction and crash Mm -hmm. and the crash sets off the craving to get more dopamine and that second dopamine hit will never be the same as the first like that surge is never going to be as high so you're like on this endless craving of trying to get back to this like lightning in the bottle that you had the first time but you can't, you just can't, like, you can't get back to that, that place. And so he, you know, goes into obviously a lot more detail and science about like why that happens and, you know, where that's all coming from. But the interesting thing for me, right, is, you know, how do you kind of mitigate that crash, right? Like that was the question then, like, how do you mitigate these crashes that are happening so that you are motivated to continue doing the thing? Right. Yeah. And I really enjoyed, like he was talking about basically how we're getting dopamine hits, quote unquote, dopamine hit from things like social media and like junk food or TV, like binging Netflix and things like that. It gives you those little moments of dopamine hits. So you don't have to, or your, your being doesn't feel like it needs to go out and search for dopamine hits, which is what we would do like, you know, back in the day when we were all, you know, like Neanderthals walking around, we would go out and search for these dopamine hits. It's like how we survived as a species is being able to go out and find these, the journey of the pleasure basically, right? So if you're 
constantly scrolling through social media or you're getting dopamine hits from something that is tricking you into that survival mechanism, then you don't need to go out and do anything. So it's kind of like this never ending cycle of becoming a couch potato, basically is what I got from it. <laughs> like, I never even thought about that. Yeah, I wasn't, I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective. Yeah, like basically you could just replenish your dopamine baseline with all of these things like social media and like scrolling or watching TV rather than going out and actually engaging with the world and trying something new or doing something challenging that gives you that pleasure. So then it's basically how people get depressed. It's basically how people become unmotivated and lose that sense of desire to do things because you're getting those hits, small hits of dopamine to make up for your lack of activity. So I think that was really the big takeaway for me, because especially as a person who just, you know, had a baby and I've been sitting more than I ever have before because I've been breastfeeding and pumping and, you know, just taking care of a baby makes you sit around the house a lot more. They can't, you know, you can't take them out as much. So for me, having to do that for myself, I've been watching more Netflix, I've been scrolling on Instagram more than I ever have before. And it has been, uh, you know, a challenge for me to be uh, immersing myself back into things that I used to love doing. Like, for instance, I used to love roller skating before I was pregnant. And it kind of took a lot of mental persistence to get myself to take those steps to go back to a skate rink and roller skate because I was like oh well I don't need to I'm here with my baby it's fine and like you know I'm enjoying myself yeah it just kind of was an eye-opening thing for me listening to his podcast and that section of it and kind of relating it back to like oh this has been a big part of my postpartum experience and kind of getting out of like that little like not monkey brain, but that I guess it's almost like postpartum blues, like that kind of voice that's telling you to like, oh, just sit and relax. And yes, that's important to be to be doing that when you're a new mom and enjoying your baby. But also you need to do things for yourself to like fill yourself up and make sure that you're experiencing, you know, things in a way that motivate you to keep going and motivate you to enjoy life to you know, all of the things that you wanted to. Does that make sense? It does. I hear, I hear you and I understand you, but I don't know that I fully agree with you because I also believe that the modern world has set us up in a way that pushes for mothers to get back to the level of normalcy that they remember that they had, Mm. but that's no longer who you are. And so I encourage people to slow down and I encourage people to rest a lot. And I'm, I think, you know, that's something that I've talked about in, in other episodes too, right? It's that like, I think that there is something to be said about sitting a lot in the first 12 to 24 months after having your baby and spending time with them in that, I don't want to go like too, too much on a tangent because that's not what today's episode's about. But I do think that there's a balance between wanting to do things because you miss them and also doing what your body is hardwired to do, which is spend as much time with your baby as possible. And if you look at other countries that do have 
12, 18, and 24-month maternity leaves, there's a reason why they do that. You know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. developmentally, you should be sitting, and you should be resting, and you should be recouping with your baby as long as possible. Um, oh, yeah. So I kind of, like, you know, like, I, I get it, and I hear you, and I see you, and I, I get it. Like, do the things that make you feel sane, because you, you do definitely need to, like, do things for yourself. But on the other hand, I kind of do think that there's, like, this modern day, like, woman push that mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. kind of conversely related. It's not adjacent to what I think moms need to do or parents need to do which is like bunker down yeah. <laughs> bunker down for a while and don't yeah. see anyone like don't see anybody and don't do anything and don't get up and don't stress about it like that that internal stress that like I need to get back to normal is something I believe is imposed on us I don't actually yeah. believe that that's no I mean I don't think that yeah. if it came across that way that's not what I meant I don't want to get back to normal for me I want to still have that because I I am home basically 24 7 with my baby I work from home yeah. you know I'm training my clients but in between sessions I'm with my baby all day I have a really awesome situation here where that most parents don't get because most parents are at work nine to five and things like that so I'm working from home training my clients virtually and basically my whole day is you know and I'm enjoying it it's surrounded by my baby and what my baby needs and you know and not to say that I'm not sitting in motherhood because I definitely am but I'm also starting to do a few more things like on a weekly basis that's you know for me and like my enjoyment because I think it's time to incorporate that a little bit more for myself yeah and uh so I don't want to get too off topic so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of bring it back to the dopamine so yeah. you know what I I saw this quote and I thought that it was a good um way of kind of thinking about like motivation and it's uh from B.F. Skinner and it's from the day you are born everything you did is because you wanted something for doing it and that is dopamine right like <laughs> from the day you're born you have this surge that says you know like I I'm gonna breastfeed so that I can you know satiate my thirst or my hunger right as you get older I want to like stand up because I want to be able to mimic my caretakers you know like I want to walk mm -hmm. because I want to feel more independent right and it continues and so what I think is the interesting thing right if we flip it back to fitness is fitness is hard right? Hard work is hard. And I say that to my clients all the time. Hard work is hard. You are in fact working out. This is not like lounging out. This is not, you're not coming here for like a good time. Maybe you are if you're into it, but like, it, it's probably just going to be a really challenging thing for you. So if your dopamine isn't necessarily upticking for you to do something like a workout, you know, we as trainers, like, how do we help to motivate people, right? And how do we encourage them to stick with things that are really challenging so that they can do these things that are actually going to serve them in the long run, right? That are going to give them a sense of autonomy and going to give them a sense of mastering their body, right? We, we hear the word empowerment going around trendy, right? And fitness mm -hmm. a lot. Like, what is our role in that? Because I think that while we're talking about dopamine and dopamine surges and yeah they they are going to help you to like make decisions based on things that you want 
right? Based on something that I wanted to get, I wanna get something out of this thing that I do, but not everybody wants to sweat, <laughs> you know? Like not everybody wants to move, right? Or maybe they don't know that they wanna do it at first, right? Maybe like a year down the line, they'll be like, wow, I never thought that I'd be that person, right? But like in the beginning, how do you, how do you get motivated? Like, how do you get that surge if you've never had it? Right. Yeah. That's a great question. And I think that it, you know, it kind of depends on a person's personality and basically how they interact with the world. And it could, it could be, you know, that someone needs to focus more on the play aspect of movement or someone needs to focus more on the technical skill kind of depends on what they're, what they find to be most rewarding, but then also knowing that the reward, that the pleasure doesn't come from the reward itself. It comes from the journey and like the work to get to your goal. So that's, I think, a big differentiation that people need to make in their brains. Like we've talked about before, it's about the like daily habitual routine and discipline of your creation of your goal that is going to give you that happiness over time, which is more sustainable and more long-term, right? Serotonin is the happiness, uh, like chemical dopamine is the pleasure. Pleasure is short-term, it's temporary, but happiness is more long-term and it's more of an internal emotion that you feel from, you know, things that you enjoy. And I think there's a balance between focusing on the reward, like, in the Uberman lab episode, he talked about having like intermittent, intermittent reinforcement, right? Cause he said that that's what they use mm -hmm. in gambling. Um, so basically scheduling out like when you're gonna give yourself the pat on the back, right? You're not gonna like give yourself the big hurrah for like every single win. You're gonna kind of do it here and there and maybe not celebrate at all. And just kind of like keep your response kind of low grade so that the dopamine isn't like searching surging every single time you lift up a heavy weight as if you've done something great because you have done something great but like not every single time right <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> you know it's a healthy balance between like rewarding yourself but then also focusing on well what's the consequence right what is the consequence of my actions if I'm habit habit building right because that's what going to the gym is you're building this habit of mm -hmm of moving you're building a habit of accountability showing up at a certain place you're maybe building a habit of having a community right and, and communicating with people um you're building competence right you're learning new skills you're learning autonomy right you're like mastering that you're like and then you start to build on that so that you actually have like a purpose like i i have a purpose to go to the gym right and to take care of my body but as you're building all those like steps and all those like baby steps like mm -hmm. the last episode right exactly <laughs> you know it, it it's the consequence of your actions that is going to keep you pushing through if the consequence is what makes you feel good right if like if the consequence of me working out is that I feel stronger I'm probably going to keep working out right if the consequence of not working out is that I feel like shit <laughs> that's where I think the internal cues start to pick up a little bit, mm -hmm. like, even, it, but you, it's just in the beginning, right? It's a little bit of the hiccup of like, well, I don't actually want to go and start this thing because it's hard, but I know that the consequence of me starting this very hard thing 
is that I actually am going to feel really powerful. I'm going to feel like I have mastery over my thoughts and mastery over my body and I am autonomous, right? And I can mm -hmm. go and do this really hard thing when, you know, maybe a week ago I, I couldn't, or maybe a year ago I couldn't, maybe or five years ago I, I couldn't. And I think that there's something to be said about focusing on what the consequence is, you know, like without, without the reward seeking, right? Like reward is, I feel like a very hard pinpointed, like the reward is I lifted up a hundred pounds versus the consequence of me lifting up a hundred pounds is that I feel really strong. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that that's the piece, right? Like yeah. the, the consequence focusing on that is really important. So the idea of the reward being, you know, more of this external thing, that's the concept of the extrinsic goal, right? Or extrinsic motivation. It's outside of yourself versus it being more of an internal feeling, an emotion, something that really makes you feel good. And that's more of that intrinsic motivation. And science has proven that when you have an intrinsic motivator, it's more long-term, it's more sustainable, and you're more likely to succeed in your continued motivation and in into your goal, basically. So I think that is definitely what exactly what you're saying is that it needs to have that more intrinsic, more internal motivation versus some outward reward that's right. going to be, you know, what's the word for it? <laughs> but basically it's that, um, yeah, intrinsic versus and extrinsic and the success of that. Yeah, I always tell my clients that I'm trying to make myself obsolete. That's my job. Like my job is to make sure that you have a mastery, right? I keep using that word. Like you have a mastery of what we're doing, that like you know the purpose of what we're doing and that you have autonomy over your body. And I think that it's super important for people that are going into fitness to kind of pinpoint like, you know, what is the goal here? Is the goal just to lift up heavy things or do you want to feel strong, right? Mm -hmm. Do you want to feel strong and like you know what you're doing when you go to a group class? Maybe you really like going to berries, but every time you go to berries, your back hurts. Is the goal then just to keep going because you like berries or is the goal to figure out why your back feels like shit so that you can keep going and then you feel reinforced and even stronger, right? Like that's, that's what I want to be. I want to be the person that allows you to do the thing that you really like to do and feel autonomous in that and feel like you have the mastery of your body while you do the thing that you really love to do. Yeah. You know? And I think that that that's important as fitness professionals for us to kind of approach people in that way, where it's not like they need us. It's more that we're guiding them. Right. So, mm -hmm. and, and we're, we're teaching them. Right. And that we're right. We're coaching them, whatever you want, however you label yeah. yourself doesn't really matter but you know, you're really allowing them to learn so that they can take that information and that toolbox and walk away from you and do the things that you want them to do. You don't want them only working out with you for that hour or two hours that you see them every week. Right, no, right? Yeah. Don't you want them to do other things? Of course. Right, and don't you want them to also be able to do like outside of strength training? Like, don't you want them to snowboard and ski and- Yeah, I was and... just gonna say, my, my clients all have, you know, athletic hobbies that really that's what the training with me 
is to enhance, mm -hmm. right? Is to mitigate injuries, is to make them more of an agile athlete, a stronger athlete, someone that can, you know, go skiing with their family. I have a client that goes skiing every weekend with his little four-year-old kid. And he's like never felt better because, you know, the strength training that we do together really helps build up his stamina and his, mm -hmm. you know, muscular engagement while he's skiing. And, and, you know, I've, a client that does conga lessons and, and tango lessons. And she loves doing that. And it's something that makes her feel really good. And we do a lot of ankle and hip mobility work together to make sure that, you know, especially when she's dancing in like her high heel shoes, that her ankles and feet feel good. And so it's one of those things, like you were just saying, that we have to lift people up. We, you know, we have to make sure that they feel like they are not just training to you know lose weight or to get strong but they're training for their life they're training for you know pleasure they're training for happiness and I think that's a really big part of why people work with you and I um, because we see that more that bigger picture right and that it's important to take the whole human into account and to make sure that we're helping them fulfill their their happiness basically right and going back to what you were saying about like intrinsic and ex extrinsic and extrinsic can <laughs> extrinsic. i say that word extrinsic intrinsic yes extrinsic my mouth doesn't do it so i'm not gonna do it <laughs> but intrinsic i could do uh when people feel competent that's intrinsic right mm -hmm. when people feel like they have a choice autonomy right and what they're doing and they know what they're doing that's intrinsic. People feel good about that, right? They've done these studies given like really high rewards for, you know, productivity, right? Mm -hmm. And the people who had the higher rewards versus the people who had like lower rewards, but like more free time to figure out what they wanted to do. The people at, at the top with the higher rewards did the worst. Mm -hmm. Right. So you get to a certain point where you keep trying to push rewards, right? Or you're trying to push bonuses and people just kind of tap out because they don't want to keep running on the hamster wheel because it's not doing anything for them. Right. If you bring that back to fitness, right. It's the same thing, right? Like if people want to. Well, it's if like people... if people just take the same like class over and over and over again, or like the same type of workout over and over and over again without expanding their knowledge and expanding what their body can do like you see people all the time that go to the gym and just do cardio on a treadmill and that's it that's all they do and like there's a sense of pleasure in that at first but like we talked about earlier the novelty wears off and so that dopamine baseline doesn't peak anymore when they're doing their cardio so it just becomes less and less pleasurable more like a chore that they have to do basically for instance why you see people maybe after three weeks into the new year drop off of their fitness routine or their or their new year's goals like we talked about before is because they're only relying on that dopamine hit or that that pleasure response versus actually getting deep into why they're doing something and trying to learn about their body and, you know, learn about what their body can do. And the other interesting thing about the dopamine, right, is going back to like the craving. So after you crash, right, you start to kind of build up a little bit of anticipation. 
for you to get to the next milestone, whatever that is. When you're doing things that have like progressions to them, or maybe, you know, you've changed the speed of an exercise, or you've changed like the plane that you're doing the thing in, or maybe you're like throwing a weighted ball rather than just like hinging or whatever it is, right? You like kind of throw up, throw up, that's not good. You throw out, (laughs) (laughs) you throw out like a new way of trying to get that movement done. I'm going to say that like the anticipation of, am I going to be able to do this thing? If Mm -hmm. I add a little bit more weight, am I going to be able to do this thing? If I go into an inverted pushup rather than just doing a regular pushup, like, am I going to be able to do it? Like that anticipation, even if the end result is like, no, sorry, sorry, kid, not doing it today. Right. Like (laughs) (laughs) you may not get like a full on dopamine surge in that moment, but the craving of wanting to get there is also really important. Right. And that's what the, like the hard work is hard thing. Like it actually does help to push people once they're in, in the zone. And once they're kind of doing uh, workouts a little bit more regularly, because you just start to just push the needle 1%, right? Add yeah. two more pounds, add five more pounds, right? Slow the workout down, speed it up. You know, like right. if you're having a hard time setting up a routine or sticking to a routine or you fall off really quickly, maybe what you need is, like a new thing, like a new little novel way of doing the thing so that your body is able to build up a little anticipation of like, when am I going to get to that thing? Yeah. Right. Not like, am I, but like, when, when am I going to get there? I am not there yet, but I'm going to get there. Right. Because that's, that's the push. That's the growth mindset, right? Like, I'm, am I going to do it? I am going to do it. Not right now, but I'm going to get there. Right. And that helps with the dopamine as well. Yeah. And that's why programming makes a big difference because if you have a coach programming for you or you're following an online program, that coach has designed a cycle, a micro cycle, a macro cycle in a certain way to begin to challenge yourself neurologically, muscularly, cognitively. So that way you can progress gradually over time. You might be doing what looks like the same workout over and over and over again to an outside perspective. But when you're the person actually doing the workout, like you said, there's that tempo change, there's a weight change, there's a change in your stability, there's a change in what kind of weight you're using. And that all can contribute to adaptations in your body on a smaller scale that you might not notice at first, but build up over time for you to become a stronger, more resilient person um, that can do a plethora of amazing things with your body. So I think that the challenge of sticking to a routine, I think it can kind of almost seem contradictory at first, but sticking to a routine consistently, but also changing things at the right time makes a big difference in your ability to find the workouts pleasurable long-term. You know, I think I'm always talking about like, be willing to explore and be open because then on the days where you're not feeling particularly motivated, you'll have that toolbox again where you're like, well, I don't really want to do anything today, but I know that I enjoy some cat cows. I don't Mm -hmm. mind some hip cars, right? I don't mind rolling around on a foam roller or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And you'll be like, okay, well at the very least, right. My, my lowest baseline (laughs) dopamine will get me off my butt to go do those things. 
right? Especially, I mean, I'm sure I'm, what is, what is, what is the saying? Like I'm talking to the kettle. Preaching to the choir. Preaching to the choir, right? <laughs> For you, right? Because as a parent, right? We were kind of talking about this in the beginning, right? Like you don't particularly feel motivated, I'm sure all the time to work out and to move around, but you know, it's good for you, right? So five minutes, 10 minutes of you doing a little bit of FRC, a little bit of mobility work is still worth its weight in gold. Yeah. Just taking those five or 10 minutes. I just had a client today. She just had her second baby. You know, I saw her and she was like, well, you know, my back feels like crap because she's been up since the morning with her toddler and her infant. And I'm like, you know, we got through our session within like five minutes, you know, she felt good. We did some spinal segmentation. She felt great. And so at the end, you know, I told her, I know it's hard, but put the baby on the floor, right? Mm -hmm. Hover above the baby, do some cat cows. Yeah. I was like, it doesn't have to be fancy. It does not have to be an hour. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't even have to be more than five minutes. But if you know that like the problem is that you're just not doing anything and you're carrying two moving beings on you. Right. Then like put them on the ground and do it. It's it's good behavior to model, right? Yeah. That's a good way of motivating them. Totally. Right. Mm -hmm. And like setting them up for for things in the long run. So that's a lot to say. You know, there's there's ways to kind of sneak in small and effective fitness habits. Yeah. Without I mean, it feeling daunting, right? For like your general person who may not have a trainer and may not go to the gym and may have a bunch of kids running around the house with them. Yeah. I mean, I've done whole mobility routines lying on my side on the couch. So just saying it's possible. <laughs> it's totally possible. <laughs> I used to like carry my son and do like hip cars. I would just yeah. like, you know, stand and do some like hip cars. We do some like hinges and that was it. Right. Like bada bing, bada boom. He didn't want to go anywhere. He wanted me to hold him. And I absolutely needed to move my body. I mean, talk about motivation to get stronger, holding a baby for more than 10 minutes. Oh it's so challenging. Am so. I like, can I even call my toddler a baby anymore? Because he's like solid, like a rock. Like he's solid. <laughs> okay. He's almost three feet tall. He's, he's like 35 inches long. Oh my gosh. Okay. And he is over 30 pounds and I don't understand. I don't know. He's going to keep getting bigger. Apparently. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently that's what they do. They keep getting oh, larger. You know, and he like looks at me and he's like, mama up. And I'm like, really though? <laughs> but right. Motivation, yeah. right? Like my motivation is that like, yeah, I don't want my back to go out when I pick up this rather large toddler. Like I, yeah. I, I need to be able to pick up my child. Right. For other people, maybe it's not a child. Maybe it's just their groceries. Right. Consequence, right. If the consequence of you working out is that you can carry your groceries longer faster i don't know you know more efficiently break more efficiently you don't have to take as many trips i think yeah. that's great you know i think that's a win city right yeah laundry bags these are real life things yeah going up and down stairs you know like being able to traverse the new york city subway system or anything like that the airport carrying a suitcase through the airport all these like life experiences daily activities that you need to do as a human lifting the carry-on up into the bin. I've had yeah. a client tell me that, that she just wants to be able to put it up there without, cause she only carries carry-on. So she, she packs it up. I didn't want to get it up there without feeling like I need somebody to help me. She reported back that she can now do that. So that's nice. <laughs> right. There's that. I mean, and also like, I've told people this, I don't know if they believe me. Um, I've had numerous clients hurt their knees getting on and off the toilet. Hmm. 
if you are of a certain age and you do not squat actively, if the only squats you're doing are plopping yourself down onto toilet seats, into cabs, and onto your couch or into your dining room chair, this is what happens right. after a certain age. Your knee says, no, thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then you wonder why, right? Like, why does my knee hurt? Well, because consequence, you are not actively squatting, but you're squatting all the time. Yeah. Consequence, you have not moved your body. The consequence is that your knee does not like that. Yes. 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 Context, obviously, right? Like, right. Not everybody's going to have that situation with their knees, but you know. But eventually, maybe if you're not moving enough, if you're not um, intentionally, yeah. intentionally strength training, intentionally taking care of your joints, you know, things to proactively uh, take care of your body as we age, everybody needs to do it. No matter if you're 20 years old or 40 years old, you know. I feel stronger than I've ever felt in my life approaching 40. Definitely older. I'm older yet, duh. I feel definitely stronger than I felt when I was turning 30. Um, mm. And I know so many people in their 30s that have like normalized back pain, knee pain. They don't work out, but here's the consequence. Here are the consequences of, you know, your action and your inaction, right? And maybe, maybe as reactive beings, I guess, you know, that's what humans are. Mm -hmm. maybe the reaction can be dopamine, right? Maybe the reaction to you hurting yourself is that you don't want to hurt yourself again. And so yeah. your dopamine does twitch your muscles into place and say, you better go to the gym because if you're 30 with back pain, you're going to be 40 with a broken body. Yeah. Right. If you're yeah. 35 and your knees are going out, you're going to be 45 with much worse issues. If you do not get your dopamine to surge. You're going to have to figure it out. And the consequence, right, is like, I want to feel better. So how do I feel yeah. better? Right? You I get off, you get off yeah. your social media, you get off of the couch, start moving. I send an alarm on my social media. Do you? I don't, but I probably should. But yeah, no social media, you know, and I, this is, I say to you is that like, it's, it's the same thing in terms of like that dopamine hit, like you can't pay attention to it you just can't pay attention to the likes like you can't pay attention to the followers right like in terms of like if your goal is to start a podcast right like <laughs> I want to say that our our relationship with social media isn't just get as many people to follow us as much as possible right like we're focusing on trying to make really quality content and figuring out what that means, right? Because this is very new for us yeah. both, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we focused on the other thing, if we focused on the reward rather than the consequence and the consequence being having a good podcast that is adding value to people's lives versus focusing on just getting a bunch of followers, I don't know that the content would come so easy to us. Right. Right. And I don't know that we would be driven going back to dopamine. I don't know that I would be driven to do this for followers because I don't really care. <laughs> like, like I care and I want you to listen, but I don't really care about that. That's not my point. I want people who are actually going to be impacted by me to follow me. I don't want just like everybody to follow me. Yeah. And I want people to enjoy what we're talking about without having to cater to, you know, the masses and give right. them what they want. You know, this is stuff that we're passionate about that we like to talk about. Right. Um, it might not be the most popular viewpoint sometimes, but I think that we give people facts and 
it's, it says it in our tag, sharing honestly. So. Sharing honestly, yeah. <laughs> it's just like when you first became a fitness professional, all you wanted were as many clients as possible. Mm-hmm. And then you got them and you're like, oh, I actually don't want half of these people on my schedule. <laughs> like, these are not my people, right? You end up yeah. with a bunch of people that are just not your people. And it's a hard lesson to learn that you have to exchange energy and time with people that aren't your people, right? Because that wasn't, the reward is what we were chasing when right. we should have been focused on the consequence and the competency and the communication and the choice of working with people mm-hmm. that, were, that were our people that would understand our perspectives of where we're coming from in terms of our journey and our experience and our knowledge, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now I have the pleasure of working with people that I love to work with. All of my clients, I love. Oh my God, me too. I'm like in a really sweet spot. Yeah. All of my clients are amazing. Same. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, Same. and also you, I used to work with you. So I was like thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh my God, I have a like, I have like a coworker. Yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> I have like a, I have a colleague, like a real one where we like do work together. Have <laughs> <laughs> that is so long. It know? feels nice to not be alone in certain things, you know? Yeah. But also dopamine, right? Like, because yeah. we actually enjoy being with each other we, we crave it. We enjoy being around each other, right? We enjoy yeah. talking, up, talking uh, clearly shooting the shit. <laughs> this is the <laughs> dopamine for us. This right here, this conversation, not the, you know, the amount of people listening or the amount of plays per episode. Like, yeah, if it gets big one day, great, but it'll still be just as pleasurable for me no matter how many people are listening. Yeah, because I get to talk to you every week, which is great. Exactly, exactly. Well, I feel like this is a good place to wrap up. I think so. (laughs) Well, (laughs) what I want people to take away from my part of the conversation, I guess, is, you know, really focus again on the consequence, right? And what can make you feel autonomous? What do you want to master, especially when it comes to fitness and like health, like, what is the consequence you're looking for, right? Focus on that. You want to be healthy? Focus on being healthy, whatever that is, right? And focus on being able to make choices for yourself within that. Focus on learning how to do things within that. Become competent in the thing that you're doing. Try to master the thing that you're doing, right? So that you you do actually feel connected to yourself and connected to the thing that you're doing rather than just kind of like running after a reward of trying to lose weight or which, which is a fine goal if that's what your goal is, but it's not about the goal, right? What's on the other side of that goal so that you can feel encouraged to keep doing the thing long-term forever. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that my key takeaway is to focus on your long-term happiness. What are things that are going to make you happy? Take that and try to find a routine for yourself that's sustainable And yeah, try to find things that you really enjoy. Cause like we said before, you know, working out shouldn't feel like punishment. It should feel enjoyable. It should feel good in your body. Um, So if you don't have that in your weekly routine, something that you enjoy, try to find that for yourself, go experiment, you know, maybe that means working with one of us. I don't know. So (laughs) (laughs) just be happy, man. Like just do something. Yeah. Like you said, like do something that's going to make you feel happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was good. I think that's that's a great way to end. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you in a couple of weeks or you'll listen to us in a couple of weeks. 
You'll yeah. see us in a couple I hope of weeks. Everyone, I'll say, I'm yeah. going to say C. That makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I hope everyone has a really nice Valentine's Day, whether you're celebrating with a loved one or you're celebrating your self-love and being able to give yourself pleasure, however that is, not in a sexual way necessarily, but, you know, in a life-fulfilling way. So I hope that you find pleasure today. I hope that your dopamine surges for Valentine's Day. <laughs> and else. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yes. I like how you leaned into the mic for that as well. That was great. I feel like people would appreciate that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know I did. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.